Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a podcast dedicated to discussion of farm and ranch management topics with experts from the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans, and on this episode, we're covering planning for transition and what families and ag businesses need to consider as they go through this important process. So for more, I am joined now by Alan Vanalik, an extension educator who works in farm and ranch transition and succession here at UNL. Hey, Alan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, so you have a new article you've written for our website at cap.unl.edu. You note that many people use the terms estate planning and transition planning interchangeably, but they are in fact different. So what are some distinctions? So state plans, in my view, are what you have in place to pass assets to your um, heirs, meaning uh, estate plans what happens after you're dead uh, to your assets, to your stuff that you have, the land, uh, machinery, uh, livestock, uh, other, you know, other, other assets that you own, including uh, grandmother's uh, yellow pie plate, those kind of things. That's an estate plan. The transition plan, however, is in place for those that are lucky enough to have someone that they're passing their business on to or there's a clear transition or succession in place. And so the transition plan is important distinction from an estate plan in that you're trying to pass a business to successors. And so you need different kind of uh, documentation and and, uh, legal paperwork in place to pass the business. It's going to be things like uh, maybe an LLC or a trust or uh, uh, operating agreements and and a whole bunch of stuff that way that make that business transfer so that that can succeed to the next generation. In addition to those legal documents, what are some other things that typically go into the transition planning process or that you recommend families and businesses look at? So if I'm bringing somebody back into my operation and there's a next generation, for instance, say my son or my daughter coming back to my operation with me, I think the first thing we have to do is put, put them through a testing, a testing phase. In other words, are they going to be willing to do all the jobs? I mean, I was talking to one farmer uh, here a couple of years ago and he goes, uh, my son thinks he's going to drive the tractor with the GPS in it and just push the button and go across the field. Uh, you know, I'm going to do that because uh, that's something I can handle. I need my son to take care of the fencing. I need my son to take care of manure work. I need my son to take care of those things where my back's getting tired and my knees are getting sore. And we got we got to get all the jobs done. So I want to make sure they could, that's, that's part of that testing. And then at some point in time, you have to get to management transfer. How are you going to, how, uh, what's the plan for transferring management to the next generation? And the point there is we can't just keep them on the business end of a scoop shovel or the business, uh, business end of a fencing pair of pen, fencing pliers and expect them to be there all their life. They would have to give them some management. But you don't do that all at once. Don't just say, walk away and say, you're in charge. Then you're, b- both parties will be frustrated. So there has to be a plan for that. Then there's asset transfer like machinery and livestock. Uh, and then there's land transfer, usually at the owner's uh, passing. And then there's other contingency plans in case something goes awry. And so those are the things that kind of go into a transition plan. Great. And you mentioned in the article that successful retirements are one of the desired outcomes for transition planning. So can you talk about the importance of profitability in an operation and what people can do to study that? on their own operation, just to ensure that the new generation coming on can, in fact, earn a living? 
So my my big thought here is that uh, the next we there probably needs to be a good economic analysis done of any operation before it starts to go through a transfer process to the next generation, to make sure that the operation is large enough to support that transition and succession financially. In other words, if I'm bringing a son back into my operation and he has a wife and some kids or something like that, uh, do I have enough acres or do I have enough livestock income to cover t- uh, the expenses basically for two families uh, to to support both families? Is there going to be enough income to support my retirement lifestyle if I choose to retire. Most of, most of us old guys don't ever retire. We just kind of go, go, we fade away when, when we can't go anymore. And then, and then, and then the more importantly, just as importantly, what are our plans for the children that are not on the farm? In other words, those brothers and sisters of the farmer or yeah, brothers, sisters, or the farmer or rancher. What are our plans for them? How are we going to treat them in our succession plan? And what what uh, financial considerations do we have to have for that for those people? And have we made room for that as we put this succession plan and transition plan together? Is there simply enough income to cover all that? It's important things to consider. And speaking of family, every family is different, of course. And some operations may have a strong family presence on the farm. Others, as you've mentioned may have off-farm family members, lots of things to consider, a wide variety of situations. So I imagine through all of those, there are some uh, common best practices for everyone that you might recommend when they sit down to start these discussions about transition. So having the entire family together to at least start that discussion about a, a, a farm tra- farm or ranch transition is I think, very important in my view. Uh, and, and the problem we run into is that um, many people in the older generation just simply don't want to talk about it because they don't want to think about their demise. They don't want to think about not being in control. They don't want to think about not being there. So uh, I recommend that uh, best practices include good communications, having an initial meeting to set the stage, and then have follow-up meetings of the family to get input from all. No decision-making, just input. And then finally, uh, after decisions have been made by the matriarch, patriarch, or whoever's in charge, then a final meeting is held to share decisions. Uh, the family itself, as a unit, doesn't get together to make decisions. That's a horrible idea and usually ends up in some kind of a meltdown. The, whoever's in charge has to make the decisions, but they should involve family members so the family feels like they're part of the family, and, and you involve the family members by allowing them to give you input, and then whoever's in charge makes the decisions, and then you communicate those decisions back to the entire family. Making sure everyone feels heard when they don't feel heard run into trouble that way, I imagine. So in your work, Alan, what are some common pitfalls that people should watch out for in transition planning? The, the biggest thing is just the, the lack of communication. Uh, and to communicate properly, we really have to think about um, – it, be sure that everyone's listening to each other. Listening is the key part of communication. So uh, we have to be able to repeat back to whoever's talking to us what we thought we heard them say, so we make sure we heard them correctly. And then we have to get have to get that true listening in place and true uh, question asking in place so we get to their true feelings and letting everybody get out their concerns. Because if someone is unable to express their feelings or get their own concerns out, then they tend to close down, they tend to shut up, they tend to go into the corner, they tend not to say anything, and that's not helpful for, for communications. And so when somebody shuts down, it might be because we're not listening to them carefully. We have to stop, back up, and reestablish good communications by listening. 
And is there any advice you have that people might not think of when they're sitting down for these conversations and, you know, they have their list of A, do A, do B, do C. What are some things that people that might not come to mind for people? So I think the important thing here is to have contingency plans. And contingency plans, what I'm talking about here is that we're putting together a plan in place for a transition or succession so either party or multiple parties can have a way of getting in or getting out. And you can do this cleanly. Uh, the problem we run into is that we don't always die in the right order. And what if the son, if the son's coming back to my operation, what if he passes away? And what are my financial responsibilities to his wife? Uh, just odd little duck things like that. Or what if my son and, and my, my daughter-in-law get divor- divorced, uh, out of order, not, not expected? What if... Um, there's a devastating illness uh, or something like that where some with matriarch or patriarch end up in a, in a nursing home for an extended period of time. Or what if there are accidents and, again, we, we take somebody out of order out of that family. Contingencies have to be put into place. And the other thing to have a contingency for is if either party decides that they want to stop this, this uh, transition. In other words, if the, if the son and daughter-in-law decide, well, we're not going to be a part of that farming operation more, we're going to do something else, uh, what do we have in place to make sure that they get in and out in, in a relatively uh, financially painless way uh, so that uh, they're cared for, but yet they're not part of that operation anymore? We just have to really think about, think through the unexpected things, financial problems, illnesses, uh, you know, not dying in order. And that's all a part of the contingency planning that should be put in place to have a good succession and good transition plan. That's Alan Vanolik, an extension educator with Nebraska Extension and the Center for Agricultural Profitability. He's based out of the Department of Agricultural Economics here at UNL, and you can find many more resources from Alan and regarding succession and transition for the farm and ranch on our website at cap, that's C-A-P dot U-N-L dot E-D-U slash succession. You can also find a new article up there by him now which we're, we've been discussing here on this podcast. So, Alan, thanks for taking time to join me again. Again, thanks for having me, Ryan. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.